Welcome to the On Stage with Wellness podcast. I'm Danny, And I'm Gina. We are performers turned certified health coaches who help artists reclaim their power and take intentional action in their life. Are you a performer who is tired of feeling burnt out, not good enough, and like you don't have control over your career? Get ready to feel energized, confident, and fully in charge of you on and off the stage. Tune in each week to get holistic lifestyle and nutrition tips for a sustainable career as a performer, our own inspirational stories and experiences, as well as our guests, and practical tools to handle rejection, competition, and perfectionism in the industry. And now, on with the show. Hi, everyone. Welcome to On Stage with Wellness. This is episode nine, where we have a special guest, Meredith, and we are so excited to welcome her onto our podcast today. Right, Danielle? Yay, we are. We're so happy to have her. Yes. So Meredith Aaliyah Wells is a musical theater artist and writer from Massachusetts. They have made appearances as a performer in the Dance St. Louis, Ohio Dance Festival, Symphony Hall, Alvin Ailey Dance Theater, the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade, wow, and most recently, the Luminous Festival, China's first ever disability-led arts festival in Beijing. Previously, they performed their original one-woman musical, Dysfunctioning Just Fine, at the My True Colors Festival in New York City, where they received the Purple Skies Playwright Award. This inspired Meredith to create their YouTube channel, Dysfunctioning Just Fine, where they continue to spread chronic illness awareness and help others through sharing their experience as a queer disabled performer. They are currently performing Shrek the Musical at the Beck Center for the Arts, as well as preparing for an upcoming performance of DIY Theater's new work, Now You See Me, which we will be performing at the Cleveland Public Theater's Entry Point Festival. Wow, Meredith, welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me. That's some bio. Yes. Thanks. We love it. So first of all, tell our listeners a little bit about you, a little bit about your journey, how you got to where you are and had so many amazing experiences in your life. Wow. Um, Well, I guess it all, I mean, you might as well start at the beginning, right? Yeah. Why not? Um, Yeah. So I started this whole performing thing when I was in the seventh grade with a production of Annie and it was the rest is history. Um, I decided pretty shortly after that, that I wanted to pursue musical theater for the rest of my life. And I had a lot of uh, trouble um, connecting with people in high school who didn't know what they wanted to do. It was something that I didn't relate to. I always knew what I wanted to do from the second that I stepped on a stage and um, not that you know that's a problem everyone finds out what they need to do in their time but I I just really knew what I wanted to do from a short uh, very young age and I went to school at UMass Amherst in Massachusetts where I'm originally from and about a month into school I was you know Super excited to be on campus studying the major of my dreams and I was ready to take on this career and then all of a sudden I was getting really sick and I didn't know what was happening. I was passing out all the time. I was getting super dizzy. It was getting harder for me to remember things and just the whole onslaught of weird crazy symptoms that I couldn't explain. And From there, I uh, went to a lot of doctors because 
you know, I, I was sick <laughs> and trying to figure out what the heck was wrong with me. And that around the same time that I got cast in a production of Rent, the musical, and I played Maureen, which was one of my dream roles, and I was so excited to be in it. And I was, you know, trucking through and doing everything that I could, just pushing, 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 pushing. And I was, it was the act two run through. I was all excited to sing, take me or leave me. I'm standing on top of a table, living my best life, belting it out. And then all of a sudden, like everything was spinning. My ears, like everything was muffled, all the sounds. And next thing I know, I was in an ambulance and I was on my way to the hospital. And um, the next thing I know, I was in the hospital and they were telling me, hey, I know that they told you that just dehydration, you know, they think that you're just having really bad PMS, like anything under the sun that's like kind of just me overreacting or it's all in my head, I probably was told by a doctor at some point. And that was the first time that they kind of said, we don't know exactly what's wrong but it's pretty clear to us that whatever it is is going to be something chronic and something you're going to have to live with for the rest of your life and that was definitely an eye-opening humbling experience and I definitely was coasting in some way like through this life and just not take uh you know not realizing how lucky I had it and taking a lot of things for granted and when that happened, I didn't know if I was going to do theater anymore. I kind of just felt like, oh, maybe this is impossible. Maybe this just isn't for me. I'm not meant to do this. And I took a whole semester after that. And I ended up finishing out um, Rent, by the way, in case anyone was concerned. I did get to do my dream role. I just had an understudy. She never had to go on. But it was nice to know that she was there and have that peace of mind. Absolutely. I did want to know that. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So the next semester I took uh, to explore other things. I'd really only in theater ever performed. So I tried, uh, you know, directing and costume design, set design. I was a props master on a show and I was just trying to see, okay, well, maybe I could do something else in theater. I love theater. Maybe there's just somewhere else for me that's more accessible to me, something that my physical limitations wouldn't interfere with. And I did it, and there were things that I was good at. I felt like I was good at directing. I felt like I was good at making props, and I could sew. But nothing set my soul on fire the way that performing did. And I have this moment where I just have to sit there and be like, you know what? I have no idea how I am going to do this. All I know is that I have to do this. And from there, I've just kind of been figuring out, figuring it out one step at a time. And it's been working out pretty well for me. I was lucky enough to get a performing job right out of college and I did my one woman show was the first thing that I did right out of college. And then I got um, into a physically integrated dance company. I never really thought that I would do concert dance. I never thought, you know, I always consider myself kind of like a mover, not a dancer before being in that dance company. So that was the total shock to not only me, but all of my peers who doubted 
to sit, put it lightly, <laughs> politely, <laughs> my ability to book work post-graduation. So it felt good to like show people like, hey, I know like you, you might not believe me, but I believe in me and some other people are starting to believe in me too. And just kind of like everything else, there's just a snowball effect from there. And I think the more I started to believe in myself and other people started catching on, the more everyone kind of was like, hey, this is like kind of cool. It's different. It's there's we're, this person's bringing something new to the table. And I think that's kind of been a big theme in my career thus far is that um, it's just about having an open mind and being open to whatever opportunities come my way and taking opportunities that even at first, if at first they don't seem perfect, but they seem like a good opportunity to just kind of trust that, like, I don't know, the universe has a plan and just, just go with it wherever it may lead you, even if it leads you to a weird place like Ohio. Um, yeah. <laughs> and wow. now we're here. <laughs> I love your story, Meredith. I think it's so beautiful. Mm. And I love how you say um, that you didn't know how you're going to do it, but you were going to do it no matter what. And I just love that commitment. And I love that drive that you have. And you weren't worried about, you know, um, you know, if this was right for you, uh, you know, with your disability that you have, you knew that you were just going to do it and, and people were going to open up to the idea. And that's really how we change people's minds, right? About what theater is and what performing is, is we have to show them sometimes. And you have definitely showed people that it doesn't have to be one way. It can be many ways yeah and I think the other big thing is being a performer with a disability is that I've really had to learn how to also take control of my own career I mean there was definitely a period of time like I was saying you know my peers and even my professors who would cast me in shows before I started using a wheelchair about my sophomore year um, would cast me in things, use me all the time, loved me, and then I would audition for their shows later on in college, and I was not finding the same success. And it took not finding that success and really having to dig deep in myself to be like, you know what? If you're not going to cast me, one, if if you aren't willing to open your mind up to like my disability, like I don't really want to work with you anyway. It's kind of like how I feel about it now. Like you know, like if I'm not getting a call back for something and I really do feel like sometimes, you know, it's, you're just not right for it. And other times, you know, it does kind of feel like the wheelchair gets in the way, but I, I have to kind of know that like, you know, if they're not ready for something like this, if that's not really a good place for me to be working anyways. And then the other thing is that when all those people were saying, no, 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 no. I was like, well, if you're not going to cast me in anything, I'm just going to create my own opportunity. And that's something that I think is really important for many people, but especially performers with disabilities or quote unquote limitations, hardships, you know, anything of that nature. Yeah, that's so interesting that that they just looked at you differently. And I, I think that's that's not good. Yeah. I love yeah. what you said about um, you've had to redefine success for yourself. And I also feel like you're redefining the industry in a way, like, you know, you're, you're changing the way people are, are looking at uh, disabled performers, um, which I think is so, so, so inspiring. And um, I mean, redefining success is something that Gina and I talk about a lot, you know, kind of like creating your own 
career, I think oftentimes performers were told like, this is what you need to be successful. You need to reach this, you know, check this box off. But, you know, really we can take that power into our own hands. So I think that's so inspiring about your story. Yeah, I think, well, first off, thank you. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But I, I do, like, I really agree with that. I think that, like, for me, like, part of what I feel like is the success that I've had that is that I do feel like I my career is in my own hands. Even if people aren't coming to me with job offers, like I feel as though I can create my own offer for myself and offer myself a life that I enjoy and that I am doing work that I'm really passionate about and excited about. Ugh, yeah, I love that. What would you say has been your biggest lesson? Maybe you've already said that, but you know, your biggest lesson through all of this, through this experience that you've had? Yeah, I think my biggest lesson to date and something that keeps coming up for me is that limitation breeds creativity. I think when I got diagnosed with POTS, um, standard postural orthostatic tachycardia syndrome, (laughs) uh, that's my chronic illness. That is Uh, a mouthful. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, which is why we just call it POTS. <laughs> Thanks for leaving that out of your bio, by the way, so you could pronounce it. <laughs> oh God, that would have been I, so yeah. hard. I would have struggled. <laughs> I know. Wow. Uh, you're welcome. Um, <laughs> yeah, I would say that limitation breeds creativity, and that's something I've really learned not only just through my disability, but also just through life. I mean, think about when someone gives you a writing prompt, you're more likely to be able to really go off and go on a tangent writing if someone gives you the limitation of a prompt versus when someone says, just go write anything you you want. And I think that in a way, like, you know, the limitations that we have in our life are kind of, you know, they're, they're getting you to be more specific about what you want. And it's, clears away the clutter of all the options that could be and kind of, I think, gets you more in line with what your purpose in life is. Oh, I love that so much. You know, my, this is not related, but my mom said, you know, with the lack of money that you have, you're limited. So you just got to get creative sometimes with, you know, your meals. I know that that's not the same thing, but yes, I love I, that though. yes it, it's honestly so true. If you really don't have many options, um, it really allows you to create something from nothing. And I love that you said that. Yeah. And I, you know, I really always, oh, sorry. No, you're good. <laughs> I, you know, I emphasize the parts like about the things that aren't just really just because, I mean, it comes up everywhere in life. I mean, as someone who lives out of, you know, my suitcase at the moment, just traveling gig to gig, you know, I don't have an extensive wardrobe. So like, I have to get really creative about the um, the combinations of clothes that I'm wearing day to day. And I think that having a smaller wardrobe, having a limited wardrobe, like enhances that. And it just like breeds like all this creativity inside of me. And it's just everywhere. Like limitations in all shapes and forms are everywhere in our lives. And they only just make us better artists and make us more creative. So true. I love Yeah, I love too that you said um, that it it kind of helped you align yourself to your purpose, which I think is so, so, so cool because, you know, you were 
the limitations kind of just like opened up your like ability to like be connected to yourself in like a whole different way than you were before. I, I think like exactly what you said, like when the options are limited, it's like, you know, or when limitless rather, it's just like, oh, what do I do? What do I focus my attention on? But when, you know, you're limited, then I think opportunities present itself more, you know, if, if you can, you know, um, kind of take ownership of it, you know, instead of like feeling like you are a victim of it, which definitely I'm sure is something that, you know, um, maybe you struggled with at first. Um, but I think it's really cool, like how empowered you are, uh, by your, your disability. I think that's so beautiful. Yeah. I, when it first happened, it was definitely really hard, but now I look back on it and I really think that becoming chronically ill reinvigorated like my practice and my craft as an artist and it forced me to just think about like why I got into this and why I want to do this and um there was something else I was going to say but brain fog is getting the best to me you're <laughs> girl I don't this think that's to us all the time like every episode we're like I forget what I was gonna say so <laughs> I know oh, we're I literally like brain fart. <laughs> <laughs> no worries well I think a lot of our listeners are are very intrigued by your story and are so inspired by um the fact that you can perform still in a wheelchair can you kind of explain a little bit how that works and, and like how um, practically that is for you on stage? Yeah. So, I mean, me starting to perform in a wheelchair because I, as an ambulatory wheelchair user, like I can walk just not for long periods of time with my chronic illness. Um, the reason I started using my wheelchair was because I came to the realization I would try to do dance calls like out of my wheelchair and I just I was making myself sick and realizing I was never going to perform eight shows a week dancing so we need to start putting our eggs in the basket of becoming a better dancer better mover better performer in the wheelchair and that's kind of where performing a wheelchair for me started and that's always kind of the gauge for me like can I do this for eight shows a week if not we gotta you know reorder reorganize and figure out a new plan and Basically, on stage, once the performance is already happening, everything for me is more or less the same. But the process um, getting there is in some ways very different. <laughs> and, you know, some of the biggest things are whenever I have an audition, I generally call the theater and I have to ask like, hey, is your theater accessible? And they're like, oh yeah, we have, you know, some, some tickets available at the front and the back. And the, these are the wheelchair sections of the audience. Like, oh no, 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 no. Like I'm looking to audition for your theater. Like is your backstage accessible? Oh, right. Uh, <laughs> wow, yeah. yeah. So, right. <laughs> it's, it's just really funny that like we're not there yet, you know? Um, and I think right. that, you know, it, it's starting to happen. I mean, but it's definitely something that it's that extra step that I definitely need to take and plan. A lot of having a disability and being a performer is about planning ahead so that we're prepared for anything that could go wrong. You know, we hope for the best. We hope to have 
a great show. We hope to feel our best, but sometimes, you know, my pot's just, it's not having it that day. So I always make sure like I have like my rescue meds and I drink out the water. I have my compression socks on me and things of that nature, all the things that if something were to go wrong, I have it on me. And then the other like biggest said, difference is during the rehearsal process. Career. Yeah. You know what I mean? You're, you're taking control. Like you're doing the work of like calling the theaters and, and taking the jobs that only have a, a place for you. You know what I mean? And I love that. Mm -hmm. That's again, like taking control. So go on with your, with what you were saying. <laughs> yeah. And it does. It's also, uh, it comes from learning from my mistakes too, because I once got offered a whole summer stock season and the video I had sent in, they had seen my resume and they saw a video and I was sitting just a regular chair, not my wheelchair. And they had casted me. And then when we were talking about accessibility needs, they're like, oh, you use a wheelchair? Like you need this, you need that. They're like, and they ended up retracting their offer and because their theater or not their theater, but where they were gonna house me was inaccessible. So it's, you know, taking things like that to really be like, okay, you know what, I need to be upfront about the disability. It's right on my resume now. There's no questioning that I use a wheelchair, but I can walk a little bit. It's right there. I'm not, wa I'm not trying to have my time wasted at this point. You know, I'll just go to the next one that is accessible. And the biggest difference in the rehearsal process is just that as a mover and as a dancer, I can't just be watching the choreography and just taking the choreography at face value. Everything is shown to me and the rest of the company and I need to translate it in my brain to how it's gonna work as a wheelchair user and dancer and figure out how to translate the movement to a seated position. So that's really the biggest difference and that I would say the hardest part, but you know, I shouldn't even say hard and the whole, you know, we were saying a lot about limitation breeds creativity, but I, I love and hate the word limitation. I just, I don't really know like a better word for it when I say limitation breeds creativity, but I also really believe that like, you know, our limitations are actually like our opportunities and being, um, being a disabled dancer, like in that whole, I'm translating everything, everything's going on. And I'm trying to do everything on the spot as fast as I can and callbacks and rehearsals. It's actually made me a much better dancer. I feel like it's like turned me into a choreographer. Not that I choreograph very often, but I feel like if someone asked me to choreograph something, I would feel like I had so many ideas. So I'm constantly in a way choreographing for myself. And mm, I love yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that makes so much sense. I mean, you're you know, you're, you have to, you have to translate it differently into your body. Like you have to do the movement differently. Um, which, which is so cool. Cause like you can make it unique, like you can make it your own in a way, which is just so, it's so cool. I love that. Cause I think sometimes it can be, we, and especially in like certain career paths, you know, in terms of like theater and dance, like you have to, you know, look a certain way, you have to do things a certain way. You have to like hit everything this way. Um, but uh, I like that you said, you know, it's kind of turned you into a choreographer in a way because you've uh, had to like figure out a different way of, of translating that into your body. Yeah. And jumping off of what you said about the whole industry being like, you have to look this way, you have to do things this way, you have to 
be this kind of person to get this type of role and all that. I feel like when I started using a wheelchair, all of a sudden I was free from all of that because I, you know, I roll up into a room and most people try to hide their insecurities and the things they're not good at and all that stuff. Like I roll into rooms, one, I can't hide that. There's no hiding it. And I'm glad that I can't hide it. I look different from everyone else. I, you know, my type is generally the only one of that nature in that room. So I just, I'm right. free of like comparing myself to other people for oh, the most part. So beautiful. And like, I think because of that, I, that is honestly what has allowed me to just like be able to kind of just do my own thing and pave my own path and be like, you know what, I'm going to take my career however I want to take it. And no one can tell me that like, I can't do it because this person who's just like you did it this way. It's like, well, you know, there is really no one like me who's like doing this. Like, yeah, I mean, we can't ignore it. Like, yes, Ali Stroker just was the first person in the wheelchair to win a Tony. But even, you know, me and Ali are so different. I mean, my chronic illness is so different from her disability. And, you know, I would, um, I would be doing a disservice to myself to not admit that like she is definitely like, you know, a major role model of mine. And she's one of the kindest people I have ever met. And she's so down to earth. I think she's breaking down so many walls for our community, but in so many ways, like, you know, like being a performer with a service dog, like I don't know anyone like that. And being um, hard of hearing and in a wheelchair and doing this career they're just so different that I can't compare myself to anyone. And when you're not comparing yourself to anyone, I don't know, you're just vibrating higher and you're just, there's nothing blocking your lane. And I think that Meredith, I'm like literally doing a dance, like yes. with everything that you're saying, like I'm going crazy. Like it just, we're both everything like, yes, yes, yes. I'm just like, yes. Like you're free from comparison. <laughs> that is like the, most incredible thing. I know. That's what everyone wishes for, honestly. Yeah. Oh my God. Like that just like struck me. Oh man. Yeah. Um, I mean, I remember before, oh, please go. I remember before uh, being a performer in a wheelchair when I would go into auditions and I remember, I mean, I was also a lot younger. Like they were some of my first auditions. Like my goal was, you know, I knew maybe I wouldn't get into a show. I, I wouldn't get a call back. Like all I wanted was just for the casting directors to remember me. I remember that being like my one goal going into auditions. Like, I just want to do something that they remember. Like I want to leave that room and I want to have like made some sort of impression on them. And it's so funny that that used to be my goal because now I go into auditions and I'm like, well, they're definitely going to remember me. I'm going to be the only girl in the wheelchair there. So that's really once I kind of got past that, it's like, okay, well, they're definitely gonna remember me. Let's like make sure it's something good. Like, and let's really get into this and get excited about it and show them like everything that we're capable of and we can do me and the community. Oh, I love that. So our next question is what would you want to be different about the industry, the performing industry? And what do you love about the industry? I think the one thing, we'll save the best for last. So I think the thing that I would want to change about the industry is this notion that we're all starving artists and that theater and the performing arts and just arts in general, it's not 
a lucrative um, business and we can't make a living off this and we need to hustle, hustle, hustle and have our side hustles, our survival jobs. And I think there are so many people and I think your podcast especially showcases a lot of people who are doing this. They're redefining success. They're, they are having, you know, success lucratively and just like artistically in their performing, in their art, but they're also finding other things in their lives that, you know, go hand in hand with the arts and they're able to just, you know, make a living for themselves and they're able to do the things that they want to do and have something that really enhances and complements what they're doing. And I think that, you know, you know, calling them survival jobs and things like that, like it just, it does a disservice to us as artists. And it just, I think it just only enhances the stigma there is about how we can't make a living doing this when there's so many great examples of people making a living at this and being fulfilled financially and artistically. I think too, like what you said, like, cause you've really taken control of your career, you know, and you've once again, like redefine that for yourself. So, you know, you are making a living because you're not like waiting for this opportunity. Like you're creating the opportunities for yourself. Um, so yeah, I to- that totally makes sense why that's uh, what you're thinking. Yeah. And I think just like um, going off of that, there, there's something to be said about also being a human first, like so that if you're a good human, you can be a a good actor and having things outside of theater and outside of performing that bring you joy so that when, you know, your, you know, careers, maybe not where you want it, you're in between shows, something like that. Like you have something, um, I don't want to say to live for. That's really like, uh, you're able to explain not, <laughs> not the word I want to use. You know what I mean? You're able to explore different parts of yourself um, and not be, you know, be defined by uh, the performing industry solely. Exactly. I I think when we put so much of all of our worth into our performing, that's how we become, you know, the quote unquote starving artist so quickly is because we're putting all of like our worth into this one thing. And if that one thing isn't working out, then yeah, we're going to feel like, you know, broke financially, and we're going to feel broke as a person. And I think that it's something that I think, I think a lot of people are working on. And we're finding so many people who are doing things that complement each other. And it's, I think it's definitely getting better. For sure. Uh, Meredith, it is such a pleasure to have you on our show today. <laughs> our show. Wait, you didn't our- say what you loved about the industry. Yeah, right? did you? Oh no, I guess I didn't say what I love. Oh my gosh, girl, wait, 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 love, girl. What do I love about the industry? There's so many things. How do I pick this one? Um, (laughs) I think my favorite part about the industry is that, and it's so funny because it kind of does go hand in hand with what I just said I hated about the industry, but because there is that stigma of it doesn't pay a lot of money, it's really hard, for very little. There's so many people who are like, oh, like, do you have a backup? Do you have this? Do you have this? Like, don't major in theater. Don't major in the arts. Like, you're never going to make it anywhere. The people who are in the arts, the people that you do shows with, 
99.9% of the time absolutely love what they do. And I think there are so few careers out there where you can sit in a room with your colleagues and say the same thing. Yes. Yes. Like creating that sense of community and, um, and common interests and just share in that passion. Yeah. I think, I think it's, it's such a joy to be surrounded by people who really love what they do all the time. I love that. Yeah. That's so true. I feel like performers too, like a lot of performers, there's just such great energy in being a performer and just so much like excitement and joy. And it is exciting to just be around performers. Like I, I always, I always feel like you just like, you feel that connection with them. So I get yeah. very inspired by other people. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, before you go, my dear, we would love to ask you a couple of like rapid fire questions that we have for all of our guests. Is that okay? Yeah. Yeah. First one, what is your favorite self-care activity or how do you nourish your body, mind, and spirit? Ooh, I would say that my favorite self-care activity is meditating specifically with my puppy next to me. I also really been loving um, ecstatic dance or five rhythms a lot. Like the one place, you know, I can go dance and it's silent. People don't talk. So people don't ask me like, or comment on the fact that I'm dancing in a wheelchair and I just get to like, let go. And that's like very meditative for me as well. What is this? What was it called? It's called ecstatic dance. Like I think the, like when you get your certification in it, it's like five rhythms or something like that. Wow. So cool. Yeah. Michaela, who's been on this podcast actually introduced it to me. Oh, amazing. Why didn't you tell us about it? I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) It's like meditation, like meat dance. Wow. And you go through different, different, um, different, uh, speeds of dance and it kind of like builds up to like, just like shaking off all the negativity and then just like calming back down and like centering. It's really nice. I go sometimes. Oh my God, Danielle, let's go. That's speaking to me. I want to do that. Amazing. (laughs) That's gorgeous. Very cool. Um, question number two, what was your favorite role that you ever played slash maybe what was your favorite piece you've ever performed in? I would say that um, my favorite role is definitely a toss-up either between Maureen and Brent because that was just so fun. And obviously, I told you the story about, you know, around the time that was happening. And that was like the last show I ever performed standing, but also the first show I ever performed with my illness. So it holds a really special place in my heart. And I just feel like it was a role that, like, I was meant to play. (laughs) But also, I... um, I really enjoyed playing the MC in Cabaret. It was a dream role of mine for a very long time, but I never knew if it would actually happen since um, it's generally played by a man. And um, it was the first time I felt like I got a role and my disability really enhanced that role because I always felt like the MC was an embodiment of everything that Nazi Germany hated. And, you know, to be a queer person and a disabled person playing that role, it was just so fitting because I'm not sure if you're aware of this, but um, in Nazi Germany before they um, like 
tried to take out the Jews, they used, um, they basically did a test run of all the things that they were using um, on the Jews to, um, to wipe out um, disabled people. And they like tested it on disabled people first. So it was definitely a really, like it, it just, it made sense. And I felt like it was just so fitting for a person with disability to play that role. And I don't know, it was just not something that I took lightly. And like, I think back on it and I was just like, wow, like this is why like I do this even with a disability. And I'm so, I just felt so lucky to do it. And I did it like right after the 2016 um, election. So it was just a really pertinent time to do it as well, I felt. Wow. Wow. That's That's, awesome. That's mm, amazing. That sounds amazing. So what book or podcast has inspired you recently? Ooh, I love podcasts. (laughs) Um, Some of my favorite podcasts are The Balanced Blonde. And I also love The Highest Self podcast. Um, And I really love um, A Balancing Act um, with Annalisa Lemming. Oh, I love that um, podcast. She's yeah, amazing. And as far as, yeah, I love that podcast so much. And as far as books, I read um, The Power a few years ago. And I feel like that really rocked my world. And I read You Are a Badass. That's another kind of life-changing book. And then another book that's really been rocking my world this year is a book called More Than Two, which is a book about... Um, non-monogamy and I think what I love is how it starts out and how it just says you know it's not about asking yourself are you polyamorous um, or not it's about asking yourself do the concept of poly concepts of polyamory serve me and I recommend this to literally everyone I know and the person who recommended it um, to me is like I know, I know it kind of seems out there crazy, but like, just hear me out. Like this is applicable to literally everyone, like communication. It's just talks about all the things in all of our relationships, our parental relationships and all these things and really breaks it down to a level that um, there's some just juicy stuff that I think can benefit everyone in there. And I think the only reason that it's a book about non-monogamy is just because all those things are enhanced when you have multiple relationships going on. <laughs> right. That's so interesting. I, I'm very fascinated by relationships. It's just something that's always interested me. So thanks for that. Um, yeah. I'm glad my cousin recommended it to me because I never would have gone out searching for it yeah. if she hadn't. Totally. Wonderful. So last question is, what does on stage with wellness mean to you? I think on stage with wellness um, means showing up um, on stage every day and being able to give your 100%, whatever your 100% looks like that day. And the idea of trying to sustain this career as long as we can and taking care of our vessel so that we can, um, I like the idea of like, um, Oh no, it left me. It left me. (laughs) Um, sending you brain waves, sending you brain power. (laughs) (laughs) 
Oh, it sounds, so it sounds like God. sustainability. It sounds like. Oh, oh, I got it. I remember it. It's, Go uh, girl. <laughs> um, I think that for me on stage with wellness is sustaining yourself so that you can sustain your message on stage and showing up every day um, and going 100%, whatever that 100% looks like for you. Because I know with my chronic illness, some days 100%. Um, you know, might look like someone's 75%, but that's all I got. And I'm giving everything I have. And sometimes my 100% is everyone's 100%. And that's a really good day and not beating myself up over what the 100% looks like in comparison to other people's 100%. Because like I said, we freed ourselves of that a long time ago. <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah. I love that. So stay in your message. That's gorgeous. Mm. Mm. Meredith, it was such a pleasure to have you on our podcast episode today. Thank you so much. You yeah, were awesome. Thanks for having me. It was so great to talk to you guys. Yes. Where can our listeners find you? Ooh, um, listeners can find me on Instagram. I'm on Instagram at um, Meredith Aaliyah Well. And I also have a YouTube channel called Dysfunctioning Just Fine. Um, where I talk more about kind of my chronic illness and um, things. Yeah. And um, I also um, have a website as well. (laughs) Amazing. And we will put all of those links in the show notes for everyone so that they can find you and connect with you in any way that they can. Thank you so much, Carl, for joining us. We are so inspired by you and want to inspire others with your message and am so excited for others to hear. Great. Thank you so much. You're welcome, girl. Thank you. Bye. Such a pleasure. Bye. Hey, creatives. Thanks so much for taking the time to listen to today's episode. We are beyond grateful for your interest and support in our conversation. We hope you'll tune in each week for fresh new content and some inspiration from wherever you are in the world. Whether you're on tour, auditioning, or in your hometown community theater, share this with your cast, friends, and anyone in the industry who could benefit from this podcast. If you like what you hear, write us a review. You can do this through Apple, Spotify, or wherever you may listen to your podcasts. Share with us what you liked and what you want to hear more of. This will help us with our mission to support performers with their health and wellness goals. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram at On Stage with Wellness. You can follow Danny at Danny Nicole Wellness and Gina at Gina Daniels Coaching. You can find all the links you need in the show notes. Until next time, performers, remember, you know enough, you have enough, and you are enough.